I want to recommend and share an amazing strategy that I have now discovered and used that allows me to actually read and finish more books. So I want to tell you, I want to start with the problem that I was having. Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am your host, Tracy Otsuka. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode number 165 of ADHD for Smartass Women. Of course, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and our newsletters over at tracyotsuka.com. My purpose is always to show you who you are and then inspire you to be it. In the thousands of ADHD women that I have had the privilege of meeting, I've never met a one that wasn't truly brilliant at something. Before we start today's podcast, I would like to share a few of our wonderful listeners' Apple Podcast reviews. I wish there was a place you could go besides Apple. Um, I do not believe that Android has an option to review the podcast, and I don't think Spotify does either. But if I'm wrong, I'm sure you'll let me know. So I really want to acknowledge those of you who have taken the time to write your reviews. I know none of us ever have enough time, do we? So I just really appreciate you and your reviews immensely. They really do help spread the word so that we can reach even more women with ADHD. So let me start with Kika La Fiera. Fiera, I hope I'm not massacring that, from the United Kingdom. And it's titled, Thanks. I only want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Tracy. This podcast helps me fight my feelings of inadequacy and embrace who I am. Well, Kika La Fiera, I just appreciate any time Anyone lets me know that my work is making a difference uh, in their life. So thank you so much for sharing that. Then I have one from Tortuga76. This one is from the U.S. and it's titled Changed My Life. I'm not yet officially diagnosed with ADHD, 
but feel even more confident after listening to this podcast that I have it. And I've learned so much and don't feel alone in my neurodiversity anymore. Thank you. Well, that is absolutely my mission, right? That I um, I get you to understand that your brain is not defective. It's not flawed. It's just different. And it works off of a different manual, right? I liken our brains to Max in a Windows-driven world. So, you know, if you have this sense that you're doing a bunch of research, you're doing the reading, and so much of it applies to you, then I would absolutely go with your gut um, and move forward because you really are the only expert on you, truly. Okay, and then I'm going to read one more. I'm just going down the list here. Um, And it is from Hannah Rush in the United States, and she captions it Pure Gold. This podcast is such a gift to our community of ADHD women. Tracy does a fantastic job of explaining everything we struggle with daily and reframes the story using your characteristics as strengths. Her personality and humor make the content that much more enjoyable. Who wants to fit in when we were born to stand out? I can't recommend this enough. She gives me a gold heart. Well, and five gold stars. Thank you, Tracy, a million times over for all that you do. Well, you're very welcome. I feel like this is my life's work now, right? And the sooner that we can get a human to understand that it is not a defective brain that they own, but just a different brain. I think we dissipate the shame and we can alleviate a lot of the trauma. And so the chances that that human is going to be very successful are that much greater. And I'm not just talking about successful in life as far as occupation and money and career and all that. I'm talking about successful just... um in who you are as a human being, right? Being happy. Because ultimately, my kids can go off to do amazing things that generate, you know, tons of notoriety and lots of income, and they never have to worry about those things a day. But who cares if they're miserable and they're unhappy? The priority, as far as I'm concerned, should always be how happy are we, right? We start with that as a baseline. And once we're happy, then we can work on some of the other things that we might want to work on, right? Whatever our interests are, because that's how our brains work. Okay, so today I'm going to do something a little different. I want to recommend and share an amazing strategy that I have now discovered and used that allows me to actually read and finish more books. So I want to tell you, I want to start with the problem that I was having, okay? So the problem was this. Like you, I am a lifelong learner. I have my areas of extreme interest, and short of sharing with others and learning from them and building community, my next favorite way to learn is to read. But this is my problem. I have a six-foot by almost three-foot coffee table in our great room. It is this huge extremely heavy old wooden cart that was actually built to haul automotive supplies. And um, I saw it in an antique store and it was completely filthy, disgustingly filthy. And I didn't know that. I assumed since it wasn't an antique store, they would have at least hosed it down and washed it. But um, as I said, it was an old wooden cart and it has these wheels and 
I don't even know what you would call it, but something in the center that turns those wheels that was literally dripping oil and covered in dust and filth. So I never actually took it out and was able to hose it down because the problem is is that it's so heavy. And so once it was in our great room, we couldn't really move it. I don't know what the deal is with heavy coffee tables. I know the one before that, well, the one a couple before that, the first one I bought was marble and it was just this giant marble slab and we never wanted to move that thing either. So now I feel like I'm stuck with this thing for life because I can't seem to get it out of my house. But anyway, this coffee table, it's now a coffee table, is so full of books, so many books. And and the deal is I really love books, right? But if you've been following this podcast for a while, you know that as much as I love books, one of my problems is I read a couple of chapters and then I just don't finish them. I mean to, but I don't. And it wasn't cutting it anymore that I can just read what interests me and then move on. I'm reading so many books all at the same time. And so I'm not grasping the information in them in the way that I could if I wasn't all over the place reading so many books all at the same time. But frankly, this is what happens to me. And I know it's because of my ADHD, right? I learn about a book from, oh, I don't know, I'm reading an article or I hear someone speaking about it or a friend tells me. And so there's this new book and I'm really interested in reading it. I don't have the time to read it right then and there, but I buy it because I'm so afraid that I'm going to forget about it because out of sight, out of mind, right? That's how our brains work. So I go and I buy the book. Once the book arrives, it's in my hand. I go to the bookstore. I buy it. I'm interested in it, right? So I start reading it, but I haven't finished with all the other books that I've started. So I'm just adding it to my pile until another book arrives, and I want to read that one too. So you can imagine this has become a huge mess. I just have books stacked up everywhere. I also noticed that another thought that I had about all this was when I travel, I notice what I do is I bring several books with me because I never know what am I going to actually feel like reading. And so I'm lugging all these books around, but I'm lucky if I even open up one during the trip at times, right? They're heavy, they create clutter, and sometimes I wasn't even reading them. Like maybe I'd pick up one book and I'd read it for a short period of time. I would also feel like I needed to have a physical book, right? I wanted the physical books because what I do is I highlight while I'm reading, you know, like I learned to do in school. So I was afraid that if I didn't highlight the passages, I would forget them which means I wouldn't absorb as much. But then when I really thought about it, I realized that although I highlight passages throughout all the books that I read, the only time I actually would ever go back and open the book and even read the passages that I highlighted was if and only if I was writing a paper or trying to put together notes for a podcast. So I started to question, did I really need all of these physical books that were cluttering up not only my coffee table and my life, but also my brain? And that brought me to my next realization, which was that even in those instances where I had read an entire book and read it from cover to cover, a couple weeks later, I couldn't even remember what I read. So I realized that I wasn't integrating the book into my life in any way, which means that I had all this new knowledge, 
but nothing changed because I wasn't even taking action on it. And since I wasn't taking action on it, in a couple of weeks, I couldn't even remember what I read, like what I wanted to change. And I started to ask myself, what's the point of reading if I don't build action around what I'm reading, what I'm learning? And so I started to think about this fact that I loved books around me because I was taught, right, that if you have books around you, that makes you smart. So I felt more successful, sort of, but not really. What I was actually feeling was a lot of negative emotion because, again, there were books everywhere, which was so overwhelming. And I felt bad about buying more books, which, you know, I mean, I understand why I felt bad about it, right? It made little sense because I was already trying to get through four or five books. And every time I would see all of these books that I hadn't finished and some of them that I hadn't even started, it made me feel like I was out of control, right? I was all over the place. And honestly, it kind of made me feel like a fraud. Look, I totally get, and I've said this a million times, that we have to do things our way. We have to figure out what works for us. And for a while, I was okay with reading how I wanted to read, right? What I found is that I could just start a book wherever I wanted to start and whatever chapter I wanted to start in, and then I would, could continue on reading whatever else I wanted to read in that book. And honestly, my thought was, hey, at least I'm reading. And in truth, I was reading all the time. And for the most part, that's still my approach. But I was also asking myself if there is a way that I could remove some of the resistance to reading so I'd be more likely to read more than a few chapters and, again, better integrate what I was learning into my life. So then everything would make more sense, right? right? Which means I'd do more of it. I'd read more. I'd feel better about how I was reading. So this was the catalyst to actually get me to thinking about this and doing something about it. So, of course, it was my son again. So my son, Marcus, you'll recall, he's ADHD and also dyslexic. Or if it makes you feel better, he has ADHD and he's also has, and he also has dyslexia. I don't know. I'm, I'm not ashamed of saying, you know, this is who I am. So I say it both ways. And some of you I know have told me you don't like that. It is what it is, right? So anyway, my son follows a young Cambridge doctor and influencer. His name is Ali Abdal. He's on YouTube. And I guess what Ali talks about is how to be happier, healthier, study better, be more productive. And so that's why my son follows him, because he's always trying to figure out ways to be more productive, to study better. Um, and so I guess Ali had a video about the Kindle. And he said that it was completely life-changing for him and how he learned. I think he said it was in his top three life hacks ever for all time. And so my son watched the video, got a lot out of it, and was like, I'm going to try the Kindle. So what this particular video that he was talking about was about, the difference between the standard Kindle, the Paperwhite, the signature Kindle, and then the Oasis. So it was about all four of the different types of Kindles you can buy, different models, and which was the best. So in true ADHD fashion, I thought, I watched the video and I thought, I'll give this Kindle thing another try. And so what I did was I ordered 
pretty much the top of the line, the newest one. I ordered the Kindle Signature 2021. It was the upgraded better version of the Kindle Paperwhite. And since I guess it was really popular, it was going to take over a month for me to receive it. Also, in true ADHD fashion, I remembered that I already owned a Kindle. I had purchased one for um, one of my assistants back in 2020. She loved to read, but because she didn't live in the United States, it became this big nightmare to have it delivered to her. So I think I bought her Kindle. It was a really good price at the time, and they were having some sort of a special, and I purchased it for $59. And what I recall is it would have cost me something like $179 to ship it to her. So I ended up just sending her enough money so that she could buy a Kindle in her country. But what that meant was that I still had the Kindle that I bought for her here. And of course, also in ADHD fashion, by then the return window had closed. So I was now the proud owner of a Kindle that I actually did not want. I just had this sense that I need physical books, right? And so... In truth, I did try it once, but I couldn't figure out why everyone thought it was so great. So I never used it again. But now, since I had ordered this new Kindle and it was going to take more than a month to get to me, and I had heard my son and Ollie raving about the Kindle, I decided to try it again. So I picked up my old Kindle and I downloaded my first book. And I finished it by the end of the weekend. And I think I downloaded it, I want to say, like a Thursday, and I finished it by the end of the weekend. And I was floored and totally hooked, so I downloaded my second book. And I finished it by the middle of the next week. It was so small, so lightweight, I could easily hold it for hours. I could read in bed. I could read in the dark. When I had to wait, which like you, I, well, probably like you, I absolutely hate to do, I could read when I was waiting. So instead of defaulting to my phone and Twitter and all of that garbage that gets us nowhere and frankly just usually upsets me, I could wait in line for anything while I was now reading. I also, I stopped wanting to turn the television on at night to relax. All I wanted to do is I just wanted to read. And this is the deal. What the Kindle does is it, for me, was it removed all the resistance. It made me feel so much more successful when I'm reading. And let me tell you why that is. Because number one, the screen is small. And I had set the fonts and font size and lighting to exactly what I want. So it's very comfortable for me to read. There are so many fewer words on a page. They're well-spaced, right? The lines are well-spaced because I set it that way. So what's happening is I'm constantly flipping to the next page. And that consistent movement, it keeps the boredom at bay. It makes me blow through the book by firing my dopamine because I'm feeling so successful with all the page flipping. There is literally just so little resistance. I whip it out at any time when I have a few minutes And I read, it's not like before where in my mind, I was always thinking, you need to put aside an hour to read. You need to put aside an hour to read. And so by the time I had an hour where I could read, it was very late at night. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's the last thing I want to do. I just want to mindlessly like watch a television program or something on Netflix or this is terrible cable news, right? Because I didn't have to do anything at all versus what the Kindle does is it makes it so easy to read. 
I'm reading all the time. And because I'm reading all the time, the resistance to read is just down. You know, what I knew is that, look, if I say to myself, you've got an hour to read, I needed to be able to find that perfect time when I felt like reading for an hour versus now that I read all the time, even for a few minutes, I realize that it sucks me into the reading. So I don't have in my brain this thought that you need to set aside an hour. No, you just need to set aside a few minutes where you can't be doing anything anyway because you're stuck, like standing in line, right, or waiting for something, Um, or in the car, like when my husband drives, I'm always on my Kindle now. So because the resistance is so low, it also translates to late at night when I've got some time that I'm so sucked into what it is that I'm reading and I feel so successful I know the reward, the dopamine reward is going to be greater when I pick up my Kindle than when I pick up my phone and I'm scrolling garbage or when I'm, you know, watching a Netflix show. So it means that I do it. At the bottom left of the Kindle, I've also set it so it shows me how many minutes are left in the chapter that I'm reading. And then at the bottom right, it shows me what percentage of the book I've already read. So I have both the smaller and the bigger picture, which my brain likes, right? So if I can see that I only have 10 minutes left in the chapter, I'm going to keep going so that I finish the chapter. The best thing that I didn't know about the Kindle, I didn't know that the Kindle does this, is it allows me to highlight while I'm reading. Now, unfortunately, I can't highlight in yellow. I was hoping that the Kindle, the newer version, would do that. And that's frankly why I bought it. But you can't highlight in yellow. You can only highlight in, it's a darker gray color. But what you can also do is you can make notes while you're reading on your Kindle. So you highlight a a section that pertains to the note, and then you can write out a little note of what you want to say or remind yourself about that specific section. And you can set up your Kindle to send all your highlights to your email. So this means they're not just stuck in a book that you're never going to open again. Instead, your highlights and your notes are beautifully added to a one-page document that I print out, and then I can further highlight and annotate it, which makes it so much easier to use when I'm reading a book that I'm using to research something for, example, for this podcast or an article or a project that I'm working on. I just absolutely love it. But I want to share one more thing that makes this so amazing a little goodie that I discovered to help us integrate what we're reading and learning into our everyday lives. Because again, remember, that was one of the things that was so frustrating to me about reading. I don't have a great working memory. Out of sight is out of mind. And so if I don't immediately integrate whatever thought I have around what I'm reading, it's just never going to happen. So this is what I discovered. Readwise. It's an app. I think it's readwise.io. It'll be in the show notes if I got that right, but I'm sure you can just Google it as well. So I had discovered Readwise 
It's R-E-A-D, read, wise, W-I-S-E. I had discovered it a while back to help me highlight ideas from podcasts that I wanted to remember. So when you were listening to the podcast, you could click um, a button on, it was actually an app called Air, A-I-R-R. I could click um, a button on Air, and that was supposed to take whatever was being said right then and there um, and send it to Readwise. But you know, the app, when they finally get it all together, it'll be amazing, but there were a lot of problems with it. So in truth, I don't really use Air anymore, but I still use Readwise. Or I should say, I discovered Readwise for the Kindle, so now I use Readwise again. So you can connect Readwise to your Kindle. And what it does is it takes all your highlights from your Kindle and it uploads them to Readwise, and then it allows you to configure your own Readwise reviews, which it emails to you. So you can set it up so it'll send you five highlights every morning at 8 a.m., or 10 highlights at 8 a.m. and five highlights at 5 p.m., or any time of the day that you want, as many highlights as you want. And this, I think, is so helpful to my brain, our ADHD brains, that make random connections when we receive new information or maybe the same information, but at a later time when we've had an opportunity to digest it the first time. And so, you know, we're able to take these ideas and we're able to put them together in these novel ways. It also helps us to remember the most important ideas that we learned and didn't want to forget, right? Because again, I'm seeing the information again. Remember, our brains, they're meant to think. They are not meant to remember. And so what I love that Readwise does is it gives me another opportunity to remember what it was that I learned, possibly integrate it in a different way with other ideas that I've now had since I read the book the first time and highlighted the passage. So it's a way for me to integrate the information that I've already learned in an ongoing way. And the thing about Readwise is you can connect it to Instapaper, Pocket, Medium, Feedly. You can connect it to Twitter, and you can even set it up so you connect it to Twitter, and then if there's a tweet that you want to, I don't know, put out on your social media, you know, send to Instagram or Facebook, you can set it up to be able to do that. You see the post and you can instantly send it over there. And, and they, they set it up, you know, just from a artistic standpoint, you know, it's very clean and simple and actually quite beautifully done. So this connection with Readwise and Kindle has really made a difference in what happens to the information that I am learning? It stays active in my brain for a lot longer. So let's say you're listening to what I'm saying and you're thinking, you know, I'd really like to try this, but what should I buy? Which Kindle should I buy? Well, as far as I'm concerned, there really are two options. There is, I'll briefly go through the other ones, but there's the standard Kindle, and this is the one that I already have. I think mine's a 2019 10th generation, which I just went and looked, and you can buy it now for around $89, but as I said, they do go on sale. The one I bought was um, $59. Um, So there's the standard Kindle, 
And there's the paper white, you know, the regular one, and then the paper white 2021 signature one, which is the one that, that just came out at the end of last year. And of course, that's the one that I bought. Now, there's also, as I said, a lower price paper white. And the difference is that um, with the paper white, the lower price paper white and the signature paper white is with the signature paper white, you can wirelessly charge. The regular paper white, you cannot. There's also an Oasis, which is an older model. It's even more expensive than the paper white signature. And now that they have the signature, which has better upgrades, I don't know why you'd buy the uh, the Oasis. So last week, my paper white signature Kindle finally came. Remember, it's the upgraded version. And um, I bought it. I bought it as part of a package. So it had a wireless charger, it had a cover, and it had the signature paper white. And I think it was somewhere around $229. But if you just want to buy the paper white signature, it's somewhere around $189. And as I said, I told you what the regular Kindle was priced at. So the benefits to the signature are the screen is bigger. It has a USB-C port, which is what I'm now charging my iPad and my MacBook Pro on, rather than, you know, the old micro USB. It also has a much higher resolution. I think it's 300 pixels instead of 167, which is uh, the pixels for the standard Kindle. The battery life is much longer, although the standard Kindle still only needs to be charged every couple of weeks. The signature also has an ambient light sensor, so the brightness adjusts depending on the environment. There's a warm light option, and we know that science tells us that warm light is better, so if blue light affects you, that might be a concern. I will say that I don't notice a difference at all. The signature is also a bit less laggy, although I'll tell you that this e-ink technology, I just think it's a lot slower. It's not nearly as quick as the iPad, regardless of which one you buy. But maybe that's good. You know, maybe that's less distracting, right? I, I don't <laughs> have the desire to dart over and start buying more books on my Kindle, right? I don't do that because it's a pain. I would much prefer to just get on my back MacBook and order a book on Amazon um, and do it that way. So based on what I've just told you about the difference between the two, the standard, which is what I have, and the Kindle Paperwhite signature, which is the one that I bought, you would probably think that I would recommend the Kindle Paperwhite signature, right? No, you would be wrong. I hated it, and I promptly packed it up, and I sent it to my son. I love the older Kindle, the one that I've had for almost two years and haven't used, right? So why do I love the older Kindle? Well, you know that women are never the default for anything, right? Not medical research, not technology, nothing. And if you haven't read Caroline Perez's book, Invisible Women, Data Bias in a World Designed for Men, I would highly recommend that you read it. It's all about how bias and discrimination against women is baked into our systems, which means we pay more in terms of time, money, and often our lives. And what I love most about this book is that the author doesn't make an emotional argument to prove that all of this is true. Instead, what she does is she keeps hitting you with data. Bottom line, men are always the default. Women never are. Everything is always tested on a man, and clearly the Kindle is no exception. Despite the fact that most women's hand size is much smaller than men's, 
women are still significantly underrepresented in studies, even though women have been found to have a higher prevalence of musculoskeletal symptoms and disorders because of their use of technology, namely the smartphone. And I don't know about you, but I cannot take pictures one-handed on a smartphone, but my husband can. Of course, smartphones were designed for male hands, despite the fact that Apple's research indicates that women are more likely than men to buy a smartphone. WTF. And I know this is true for the Kindle too. I hated the new Paperwhite. It was too big. It was too heavy. What I loved about my old Kindle was how lightweight it was, and it fit my hand perfectly, so much so that I could literally hold it for hours with no problem at all. The signature is 6.9 inches tall rather than the standard Kindle, which is 6.3 inches. It's also 4.9 inches wide, which I think is what bothered me the most, rather than 4.5 inches. It's not that much bigger, but it makes a huge difference for a woman when you're holding it for a good while. The signature is also 7.3 ounces versus 6.1 ounces, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm telling you it is. My hand got tired very quickly. The additional height and width plus weight made it totally uncomfortable for me to read with. And I don't have particularly small hands, so I suspect that most women, unless you have a really large hand, are going to be happier with the standard Kindle. And that was such a big deal to me that I didn't even care about all of the other upgraded signature features. Look, I could tell the difference in resolution when I had both of them, you know, side by side, but it didn't bother me nearly as much as how clunky the paper white felt in my hand. I also forgot to mention that the storage for the signature is 32 gigabytes versus 8 gigabytes for the standard Kindle, but 8 gigabytes is literally thousands of books. So the only way the storage might be a problem for you is if you're going to listen to your audiobooks on your Kindle, which apparently you can do. I don't do that. I listen to audiobooks when I listen to audiobooks on my phone. So, um, and, and the deal is I haven't really been listening to audiobooks since I bought this Kindle. So... Now what I do is I read on a Kindle. I still don't make myself read chapters in order if I don't want to. And that's easy for me to do because I read almost exclusively nonfiction. So I can usually totally read out of order and it really isn't that big of a deal. I also still buy the book if it's a really important book on a topic that I'm researching. So I guess that's part of the ADHD tax, right? I don't know if you've heard people use the term ADHD tax, but what they're referring to is the price that we pay due to symptoms of ADHD. So the price that like neurotypicals would not pay, you know, the cost of medication, um, the costs if you struggle in school and ultimately where you end up. And so what kind of careers, you know, will you be qualified to have? Um, and, you know, the ADHD tax here of not only buying the book uh, for the Kindle, but also buying the physical book. But there's just something about when, when a book is really important to me, it just gives me more security to have it around. And you know, I still tab it, I still highlight it, but I kind of do it in consort with my Kindle at times. Sometimes I don't. And I'm finding that I'm doing it less and less as I'm getting more integrated into the Kindle because 
I'm trusting the highlights and the notes that I'm making, and I'm discovering that it's actually working. Now, there's one other thing that I've been doing too when I finish a book. Again, you know, I was so concerned about I'm reading all this stuff, but how again do I integrate it into my life? So, this is one of the ways that I'm starting to do that. I've been creating a one page summary of the three things that I want to remember about a book. And I do this after I finish a book. And what I include in there are the things that I learned that I want to make sure that I don't forget. And so, my plan is is to start building a binder of all the books that I've read with my one-page summaries, my three takeaways from each book, then what I can do is go back and refer to them when I feel like I need to. One final word I want to say, if you're going to try this, if this sounds like something that might work for you, start with a really fun book that you're actually excited about reading and begin on a weekend day where you don't have much going on and you can literally, you know, devote an hour or two to just reading because I want you to get yourself into the book, right? I want to make sure that you are successful. And so one of the ways to do that, of course, is to reduce the resistance. And so my thought is, if you're super interested, we already know, you know, that's half the battle for our brains, right? And so if I can just get you to spend enough time to get into the book on the Kindle, learn how the Kindle works, I think you'll be sold just like I was. One other thing, if you try this, do me a favor and report back and let me know how it's worked for you. I also would love to know if you've discovered, um, you know, I don't know, apps that work with it or something that I didn't talk about that I probably don't know. Um, I'd love if you would share it with me so that I can share it with everyone else. I have just found this standard Kindle to be such a game changer. I am shocked at the the lack of resistance I now feel towards reading. You know, I've been reading every spare moment I can read. I also find I'm just, I feel more organized. My brain feels more organized. I took all those books. Well, I didn't take them all, but I took many of those books off of my coffee table or automotive table and my brain just feels less cluttered, you know, and so does my automotive table, coffee table. I bring my little Kindle everywhere that I bring my phone now. And again, instead of wasting time scrolling and frankly fighting with people on Twitter, yeah, sorry, politics, don't hate me, I'm actually learning more. And what I'm finding is this is spiking my dopamine. And because I feel successful, I want to do more of it. And you know how that happens to our brains, right? That How that happens to us and how that literally converts into to action. We just have to remove as much resistance as we can and then pair it, of course, with interest. And then we are off to the races. So anyway, that's what I have for you for this week. I hope it helps. If you like this episode, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, you know this, they really help in that regard. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. Come join me over at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. Oh, you know what I should also mention? We have chosen a new date for our five days to fall in love with your ADHD brain. 
We're going to be doing it starting um, Monday, March 21st. You can find out, it's free, and you can find out more information about it at tracyoutsuka.com forward slash I love my brain. Okay, have a great week, and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smart Ass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smart Ass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smart ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.